doing it's another wet wet willy weekend isn't it <laughs> it's raining outside and we're all cozied up doing oh, the podcast yes. yeah i've got um i've got loads of stuff coming through from amazon as you know um it's like non-stop in it with you oh i know <laughs> I it's I, I love it. It's like, you know, under Waterloo Bridge in the eighties I've got so many boxes I could well I have been living in them in fact, but long story. Um but the packing stuff to keep warm and cozy, I've got the little packing peanuts and I've been stitching them together with um with Fred and I've made a lovely warm cape for myself, Carol. Ooh, that sounds really cozy. It's well, a bit squeaky. Bit, bit squeaky gets <laughs> sits your teeth on edge slightly yeah oh well i'm cozied up in um you know my faux fur faux fur booty it's like one booty that put both feet into sort of like you know like those sort of um a muff like hand yeah, warmer snood yeah 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 like yeah. victorians exactly so it's like a a muff for your feet and then i've got like a nice uh wrap on that sort of looks a bit like um like a wolf kind of fur effect. All fake, mm. of course. <laughs> mm. You know. Did you get that in Banff when you went when you went uh, skiing in Canada? Or, or was that when you was doing the uh, uh, the, the bin adverts maybe? Oh yeah, it, well, it's real wolf in it. I did get donated oh, sh- something. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, but, sure. but it was, you know, it was yeah. from it was from the locals and I yeah, so I I treasure that, but um if yeah. I buy anything for myself then yeah, you know. Yeah. It's always fake. Um so what we got this week in the voice I'm box? Just, sorry, just a quick quick. How oh. do you move? How do you move in your booties oh, no. if it's well, a it's, uni boot? It's just to keep still, like whilst you're doing stuff like okay. watching telly and on the computer. And right. it's like the you know the fur thing I've got. It's like a slanket, I think they call it, don't they, yeah. or something like that. So it's like I hope you don't have Mike in that with you if there's room because he's you know what he's like after dinner. Well, we've got we've got his and hers, uh, and they oh, sort of good. like clip together. So it's oh, quite good. So it looks nice. like you're one person with two heads, you know, an arm poking <laughs> out of either side. All oh, right, okay. So um, moving on, I think we've uh, let's let's read some emails that we've had in oh, from right. you we'll guys. Oh, right, we'll start with the so, emails. Okay. Yeah, you you go first, Carol. Okay. Well, we've got Beryl from Ayrshire. I think that's in Scotland, isn't it? Um, she would like to know more about Carol and Cheryl's dads. She says, I had a very special bond with my dearest da. It was a champion caber tosser and he loved manly pursuits. And Carol's dad sounds like quite a character from what you said last week. Mm. Well, yeah, you're quite right to observe that, Beryl. Yeah, no, um, both... Um, both my dad and Cheryl's dad um, yep. were both manly men, men's men, yes. much like oh, yes. our Mike and Steve. You know, we've definitely taken a, a leaf out of our dad's books when it comes to choosing our men. Oh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, and um, yeah, my dad, oh, anything. I mean, as you know, from last week, we spoke about the Turkish wrestling, you know, so. That, that, and that's great. Is it Graham Trimmer? Your, your That's right, Grey. Yeah, yeah Graham right. Trimmer or Turkey yeah. D was his wrestling oh, yeah. name. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he liked any manly pursuits. He really did like, especially yeah. if they involved oil and very little clothing. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he you he used to have a little like, um, like play around, bit of a play fight, a play wrestle whenever he met up with um with Brian, Brian Skinner, Cheryl's dad. Yes. Yeah. Um, well they so- liked it, it, it they they quite they were quite into Greek 
you know, like like ancient Greek stuff. Yeah. You know, reading about the old Olympics because um, I believe they used to olymp um, with just oiled up in in olive oil. I, I don't know if it was um, if it was Bertoli or you know, but they they would be oiled up and well, naked is the day they were born and um. Well, I, I imagine um, that amount of amount of grinding and lubrication, you know, nerve endings being nerve endings, probably explains why, um, you know, they 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 got a stiffy um, m- most times, you know, in, in the back garden, and yeah. not that I thought we could see, of course. <laughs> no, I know we were sort of up in your room, weren't we, and sort of just like. I don't know, like getting dressed up, doing makeup, and like yeah. it's a bit of the precursor to what we ended up doing as Karen yeah. and Cheryl. But yeah, I used to sort of like go, "Oh, it's my dad. My dad's down the end of the garden with your well, dad. Yeah, yeah. With your dad. I think it was any chap really, to be fair, that that was up for it. He'd and well, even some that perhaps weren't to begin with. He'd um, well, I think he, he'd just go around the tan. Um, Looking, what, you know, challenging just, people. Do you want to rest? Yeah, to yeah. wrestles. <laughs> yeah, he'd have he'd start off pick a fight in the chip shop, and um and before you know it, they were in the market square, you know. But the work, the thing is, once my dad started stripping off, they usually sort of walked away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they didn't. Yeah, I thought they thought it would be all you know, fisty cuff sleeves pulled up, and then when he'd be, you know, kind of well, he had a little. Because um, in those days you had to get olive oil from the chemists. That's right. Um, or he sometimes I've, he'd have a pat of butter just on his pat pocket. of butter, yeah. or you know a little a, a little kind of um, an ip flask like you'd have with whiskey, and um, that, I think there'd probably be some crisp and dry in it, and he'd just you know like sprinkle that on. You don't need much. Yeah, and, exactly. And um, he'd be like, right, let's go, and then everyone would be like, you know, bloody hell, what are you doing? It be in the middle of the day, you know. Yeah, but he got a bit of a reputation. I think people sort of them days they didn't look on it, you know, in the same way as you might do now. I think no, it was innocent, no. really. So, but yeah, our, our dads now. Um, unfortunately, neither of us uh, are, are in much touch with him. My dad, um, in the seventies, I was still quite young. Um, he's he's in an iron lung. He's got polo. Bless him. Um, so he's in an iron lung, and occasionally Christmas and that, I get sent a picture of him. He frames it, and it's uh, it looks remarkably like a sideboard, sometimes a dresser. Yeah, I saw one of those pictures. Yeah, and there was some kind of quite exotic looking plants in the background. I noticed. I sort of thought, well, because you know, one day I did get a postcard from Thailand from Dad, and I sort of thought. Well, that's a bit uncanny, isn't it? It sort of looked a little bit like Thailand. Maybe he's there. Maybe it's better. It's cheaper, isn't it, to live out there? But, well, I know you think they're together, like, you know, on a lad's lad's, um, kind of very, very long long holiday. He'd visit, wouldn't he? Like, I think you did get one picture of of your dad in the lung with my dad behind, sort of thumbs up kind of thing. Yeah. but and it yeah, must have been hot because they had no clothes on, even even in the lung, you know. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we're a little bit suspicious, but, you know, whatever makes them happy, I guess. It's yeah, right. you know, and it's been it's been such a long time since we've had, had a relationship with them. Really. I don't really miss it, you know what I mean? I think it, they were, you know, he was there for, for what mattered, you know, clip round the ear for stealing a spoon of flour, you know. No, yeah. shows shows you what a man what a man should yeah. be, you know. Yes. And then you know yes. any any real man would probably generally leave the kids behind, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, they can't be doing with that. No, it's not the man's job to bring to bring kids up. It's the woman's job, and um, I think that you know a man should should be able to wrestle another man. You know what I mean? It, there's well, nothing nothing like to hide. It's so manly. That if they actually sort of slightly, you know, something got slipped in, <laughs> um, it's almost like the manliest thing you could do, isn't it? Really? Oh, well, 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 you know, being I'm, with another I'm, man. I'm, no, no kind of implications shoot with our dads because we would never have gay dads. But um, you know, an homosexual act almost—it's kind of the the peak of masculinity. You're not even attracted by a woman. You're that masculine. Exactly. And like, you know, yeah, in yeah. the ancient world. 
um, it was quite common. I mean, it was it, the act. It wasn't so much about who you had sex with. The the stigma was who who was the bottom and who was the top, and it didn't really matter yeah, if they it was were man, sort of woman, pig, each or other, wouldn't yeah. they? Almost be like, I'm the most manly, so I've yeah. got to be on the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. Great days. Great yeah. days. Right. So, what's you've got an email of you? I've got an email here, hot off the press from. Um, I haven't got much ink left in this printer you've given me, Carol. Is it going to be um, a bit so... hard to read between the lines? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just read the email, you know. I'm going to eat right, some crisps so... just in case you hear that. Oh, what flavour? Are they another tester pack? or? Oh, salt and vinegar, of course. <laughs> of course, right. So I've got an email here. Right, Megham, uh, Megham Colmscott in Derby. Hi, Carolyn, Cheryl. Um, bit, of a, bit of a long one, so I'll cut it down. Um, the gist of it is... <laughs> Um, is it okay for me to be sexually attracted to my pet, pet goldfish? Mm. She, I was asked to leave an aquarium before lockdown. She hasn't said which. Um, usually aquariums satisfied me, but I'm worried. I can't fight the temptation of being alone in the house with a goldfish. Um I don't have any friends or family to talk to and I've been on disability for the past 18 years for a sore thumb, so I don't get out much. Oh, God, there's quite a lot to unpack <laughs> well, there. Um, quite a lot to unpack there, I Megan. I can totally um, see where she's come from. That, you know, aquariums are a very sex sexy space, aren't they? But it seems to have gone a bit further than that for her. Um, but, yes, um, so presumably in the aquarium she'd sneak in a dark corner and have a wank looking at the fish. I mean... Being a fisherphile or an an aquaphile, you're you're quite knowledgeable of that about them, Carol. Is it quite a common um sexual? Is it quite a common kind of paraphilia? Well, yeah, I think quite a lot of people they like to dress up as fish, don't they? They go down, go down to swimming baths, um, maybe add a few frills on their swimming costumes, do a bit of heavy petting, <laughs> which you're not supposed to do. <laughs> I think well, well, I think some leisure centres actually have an evening. Um, you know, they have like over sixties. They, I think, they actually have an evening for aquaphiles where mm, like a, like a swinging sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, they can they can come come in their fish fish costumes, what have you. So you're probably better off not getting in the pool for the next well, few no. days after. I would say. Well, I think I imagine that there's extra chlorine goes in after oh, that. Oh yeah. Um, mm. And they probably got the suckers out as Probably well. bleach your hair off the amount they'd have to use. To answer the first half of your email, sorry, it's, yes, it is okay to be attracted to your pet goldfish. Don't worry about I that. I think it's okay <laughs> to be attracted, but I don't think you should act upon it because the poor creature is, yeah. you know, quite a delicate thing. Um, maybe if you're looking at it and wanking, I don't think it's going to know any difference, is it? That's kind of what they're there for, really. But don't don't put it put it anywhere. That's that's all I'd say. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, there's a reason why fish tanks are lit up. Why they why they've got you know they're they're attractive things. Maybe if you know she wants to try and get the fish interested, she could put like a little couple having sex, you know, in in the um in the tank with it. <laughs> I oh, like a little porcelain thing. Yeah, you know, little scenarios yeah. you could set oh. up for yourself and then have have a little like wank to that, you know. Like and like a diorama of an orgy for a fish tank. Yeah, like a Roman orgy or a Greek orgy in the bottom of the tank. That'd be good. Oh, wouldn't it? lovely! And you could have some columns in there. Maybe we should start pitching that to knot cuts and garden centres. Yeah. I think this is another idea coming, isn't it? Erotic fish tanks. Oh, we'll have to yeah. think on that, yeah. So speaking of, they are very delicate things. If you remember, Carol, I, when I was little, um, my first pet, it was this little goldfish called Chaff, wasn't it? And I got it um, oh, got yeah. it down the fair and I spilt a cup of tea on it when I just had it on my lap and it ballooned right up, you know, poor bugger. Yeah, so, so you um, didn't quite understand the concept, could you? Oh, no, because my mum used to have goldfish in her tea, or at least I thought they were. I don't really understand. But, yes, <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, that's um, that's that's the email. So don't worry about it. And and as for disability because of a sore thumb, well, you're speaking to the wrong person here, Megan. I think that's I think that's disgusting. And as a businesswoman, Carol, I think you probably would be of the same mind. 
yeah, definitely. I've got an idea for the name, by the way, for the um, the sexy tanks. We could call it the wank tank. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Get me on the line to an IP lawyer. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So I think now we've had your emails. Let's. Should we check the um check the message box I on the night line, Carol? Oh, Cheryl. I think we've got a caller. Let's listen to their messages. So uh, this this message is from Dave um Dave here. So what's what have you got to say? My name's Dave Satchings. Um, I work fixing. Aerials up and down the country, really big aerials, very tall aerials. Uh, biggest one I had to fix a, a light um, on the top of one thousand foot in a, in a, in, in, in Dunstable. Wondering if any of you ladies would like to keep me company up up one of my poles. <laughs> Love the show. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> We've got a fan with a big pole. What can I say? <laughs> there's, and there's only two ladies here, Dave. So you know, <laughs> I think mm. you meant either of you ladies. Well, um, I know you obviously um, went very high altitude-wise when you was doing your wing walking. Indeed, um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm terrified of heights. I, I can't. I can't do it. No. I can't even walk over those motorway footbridges. Yeah, well, even if you get on a stepladder, you start getting a bit queasy, don't you? <laughs> yeah, my, so. my palms are sweating. Yeah. <clears throat> right, okay. Well, that is quite boring, actually, Dave. So, um, yeah, thanks, oh, no Dave. offense, darling. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is uh, Jane, Jane Turner here. Hello, my name's Jane Turner. Oh. Um, I've noticed. Uh, quite a lot of paranormal activity in listening to a podcast been thinking about it uh, I come down in the morning, everything in the kitchens different places, cupboards opening of their own volition and uh, the glass of water next to me is upturned every morning, um, just wondering any advice, what I can do um, I do live in a renovated barn here down in Dorset. Um, it was owned by a, 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 a rather uh, interesting character, but I don't know anything about them. Uh, quite distressing. I mean, I do live alone, so, uh, you know, have to, don't have to worry about any kiddies or anything being being too traumatised. But, you know, I'm a bit of a big kid myself, love playing with Lego, don't I? Anyway, mm. uh, sorry. Uh, yes, any help? Uh, I think I've got a poltergeist. Well, she got there in the end. She um, did, yeah. Carol. Don't really need to know about her Lego habits. Lego, interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, of Sounds course. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. it's it's very much speaking to us um, because I think we'd like to know more. Perhaps we could help her do a bit of research on um, well, I was thinking that maybe, well, maybe you can come on the show next week um, and Carol can try and, I suspect, find... Yeah, uh, the owner of that of that property. I think I mean, so. I think we could do the Ouija, couldn't we, and sort of yes. see what we can get. Yeah, just kind of for the layman, Carol. What are the the kind of top five signs to notice if if you believe you have got a aggressive, naughty uh, little poltergeist? Um, well, it's kind of very much what she was saying, really. Oh, right. It's noticing things out of place, um, yes. doors banging shut without anyone being in the room. Obviously, yeah. if your windows are open, you might just be that. But yeah. um, And sort of loud banging sounds, you know, that are a bit unpredictable. Um, and quite often they Smells. are sexual. Yeah, so you, uh, might, yes. smell, well, you might smell cum, you mm. might smell farts. Um, you might start feeling a little bit of a breeze across your um, Aunt Mary. I, well, I hope the cum and the farts aren't together, or well, maybe they are. I probably mm, it kind of yeah. it kind of goes from one to the next. You know, it's quite. Oh dear. So you unsettling. can't get used to yeah. You, you can't get used to either. Then it keeps. Yeah. Well, it's that, like one I, of those plugins, you know, that changes its scent <laughs> part way through. It switches. A so. glade plugin, yeah. And it's very much like that's why it's so disturbing because you know when there's sometimes yeah. there's a weird smell and yeah. you're sort of sniffing about the house going, uh, uh, what's that? Yeah. But you can't track it down and then yeah. you realise it's there's a shoe in the hallway with a bit of dog shit on. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know in this no, case no it, yeah. it changes. Yeah, and I imagine fart wise any particular kind of. A kind Usually of fart, like... it's quite like cauliflowery. 
So those right. kind of like cruciferous vegetables, the kind of smell they produce. A little bit like gas, you know, so don't yeah. worry if you've got a gas leak, but if it changes from gas to sort of like cum bleachy. smells, bleachy Squid, smells, squiddy, yeah. then, you know, um, yeah. And they tend to have quite smelly genitals as well. Yeah, so like, well, again, and then it would alternate between another type of glade thing. You'd you'd be going perhaps a, a, a prawn and parmesan bake, yeah. perhaps, you know, exactly. alternating exactly. between. Um, and you it know. could be male or female, you know, really, yeah. so you're not quite Well, sure. that's the thing. Sometimes Master Steve's prawny, sometimes he's cheesy. You know, it, yeah. it really depends on yeah. the weather exactly, with him. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, um, here is uh, another one. Um, G- G- Jim, Jessica, Jim. Oh, <laughs> Interesting right. name. Okay. Here we are. Uh, my name's uh, Je- Jim, Jessica, Jim. And I want to know what uh, not just cyclador I can't afford, what mm. dildo is good. Uh, I, I just want one. I can't get Amazon. Um, I just what's good. Do I need a vibrator? What's good? I the sucky on the wall. I do stick. I don't know. I first time... I used to use a use a wine bottle. Um, please help. Oh, <laughs> three right, names. Well, well, that's new. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it is it is these he, days, he Carol? From? I can't quite tell. I, I know. Is it is it is it Italian or who a knows? Um, or you know, from the um, Far East. I'm not really sure. But anyway. No. Well, he he raised he she they raise a good point um, because obviously the cyclodone system roughly. Um, you know, obviously, you you didn't pay for it because you're a developer, yeah, exactly, but, but you know, kind of market cheap. market price. How much are we talking, Carol? Well, I think it depends because while they're still trying to launch things, they are looking yeah. for more testers. So you know, you can get on a subscription basis. But I think if you were to buy the whole system now, as it stands, probably talking about twenty five grand, something like that. Oh bloody hell! Cut a fish open and kiss its heart. Bloody hell. Well, you get what you pay for, though, don't you? Uh, tr- well, true. Um, I think so you if can I was, communicate with celebrities. If I was him, her, him, yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably just i would probably just go for your tried and tested um there is things on the market like you kind of like fleshlight tubes and things like that um they're not cheap either i, I think by the sound of him um he's probably not going to be able to afford that too so i would move straight on to the fruit and veg aisle oh uh, yes market. yeah 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 as we said yeah uh there's various you know fruits and veggies that you can kind of poke a hole in <laughs> quite sloppy yeah. um that gets you some some sort of you know sensation um like the f- or you could go for like your baked goods couldn't you like american pie get an apple pie yeah or even if it was i don't know if it was easier for you and you're going down the chippy anyway just get an extra puck of pie chicken and mushroom you know what i mean let I- it go cold first though please yeah well, well, at least room temperature, but you don't know with a pie. They're very warm inside. Exactly, I um, think could have some nasty accidents. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but and I think chicken and mushroom fairly inoffensive if any of that got down your jap side, darling. Um, also, what mashed potato maybe or an omelette, perhaps wrap an omelette around and kind of go go a turn on that. I was just thinking that if you are now um, identifying as a woman and you perhaps are a woman, you know, if you're looking more for things to fill you, I think you can get budget dildos. Um, but again, I would go down the homemade route, the organic route. Yeah, um, I would say there's one retailing called Mr. Marcus, $7.99. Um, you would have to wait approximately seven weeks because that I've seen that on wish.com. Um, okay. uh, but but yeah, if, if you need something urgently, there there's... I think we discussed it in an early podcast carrots, bananas and disclaimer, if you're going to do that up the back passage, nail it down first because you don't want that going missing, you know what I mean like me with the um, deodorant cap very nearly tripped Stoke Mandeville there very red faced, thank god I got it out exactly, (laughs) exactly so, right, um, yes one more actually, we've got one more uh, from Wendy already but i was just wondering can you tell me you're a king of cheese what's your favorite cheese i love cheese wendy 
Oh, oh my. Wendy. Oh, I hope is she's she okay, right? Wendy. Oh, who is that? They sounded very cross. Mm, I don't think she's allowed to use the phone. Try and phone back is all I can say straight away. Yeah. We'll see what we can do to help there. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a good suggestion, I have to say. Yes. Um, I think we've done cheese, actually, Wendy. So it might yeah. be go back and listen. But if we haven't done it, we will redo yes, it. Yes, I think um, so. Yes, I mean, it did sound like you were talking through gritted teeth to us, Wendy. Um, I don't really appreciate the attitude there. So, um, you know, if you could perhaps remember... We, this is a family show and we are quite nice. So, uh, Carol, what's next? Well, this week we've got a little new little surprise for you guys. Um, we had a, a lady on the voice box last week called Farinha, who I found out she's actually from Brazil. So that's Ooh. nice. And she said... I would love to do the horoscopes. And we thought, well, that's a great idea. We've not tried that yet. So here she is with this week's. Oh, hi. It's Farina here. Oh, with the sexy horoscopes. Oh, uh, this week, I try to tell you uh, your horoscopes and the way you want to make sex. is <laughs> uh, um, a Pisces. The fishy, uh, where you are so very horny, uh, you want to smell like the bacalao uh, because uh, your man he likes the woman's smell. <laughs> and and uh, Taurus, uh, you need to uh, try to eat a lot of garlic because your man or woman he likes the strong smell. Virgo, uh, uh, you love yourself. <laughs> And Scorpio woman, she's like fire. Oh, she argue a lot in the favela. Oh, but watch out, you're crazy. <laughs> and Libra in Sagittarius. Oh, I don't like it. Oh no. Leo in Gemini and Aries. Um, you all like to make the bum sexy. <laughs> but watch out. Oh, you do it together. Oh, and cancer. Well, it's a crab. <laughs> so you better watch out. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh, thanks, Farina. Very, very good. Um, I like it. She doesn't waffle on like some of them, but no. um, well, if you're if you're the ones that she deems worth reading out. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we can suggest, you know, if there's anything we want to focus on. <laughs> she she doesn't like some, does she? She just skipped she right over. She sort of, yeah, skipped over those. I suppose there's quite a few to talk about, yeah. isn't there? So. Bit, bit lazy. So, you're, you're a Taurus, Carol. Did that uh, kind of strike any chords with you? Uh, I think it did. <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely, yeah. And and you're a Scorpio, aren't you? So <laughs> No, I'm a Virgo. Are you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, so um, oh, she's so yeah, lo- love myself. You're well, yourself. actually, well, Farina, I do and I don't. You know what I mean? I'm kind of, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of an inverted Gemini within a Virgo. I think, and I don't know what the opposite of my horoscope is. If it is a Gemini, I don't know. But um, mm. I do feel that you know, I do love myself, but at the same time, I kind of hate myself. <laughs> I've attempted suicide. So right, next we have. Um, King of Yes And what's the King of This week Kez? It's the King of World War 2 It's a subject That we both Well we're both Interested in I would say and well, like a lot of people, you know, it was obviously we're well, not not quite yet, but you know, before long it will be in hundred years. Um, but we're still very much connected to it. You know, we had grandparents involved and it's still I think we're still culturally kind of, you know, sometimes you do feel the reverberations of of yeah, those well, times, it's Carol, de- don't definitely, you? It's definitely had a direct effect on everything that happened afterwards you know so yeah well it sometimes chokes you up a bit doesn't it carol like now it does it does yeah Yeah. so my king of is the bouncing bomb um great british invention yeah yeah i mean i'm you know the name alone is pretty amazing isn't it so i think it's basically it's a big bomb (laughs) that could bounce across water and avoid um 
And it would sort of what bounce all the way <laughs> to the other side of the channel. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, probably. I, I do know that it was um, Boeing considered considered it as a method of uh, civilian, you know, passenger transport. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. was an idea. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. That you'd kind of be uh, much in the way that a glider tows you up, you know, right. and then lets you go. Straps um, you, you on. Yeah, well, you'd be taken up in the sky and then just bounced all the way to New York. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't quite know how they would have... You, presumably, you'd have to be um, perhaps, I don't know, like put under or something. So I don't think, you know, it would have taken a few hours or days and I don't think the human body um, probably could... But I don't know. Maybe there was kind of a gimbal yeah, um, type like situation, yeah. you know. It would be quite fraught, though, I think, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. You'd probably you know, need a, you know, a good while to recover at the other end. <laughs> yeah, and presumably food cabin crew, I imagine, would have to... I don't know what they'd do. Maybe, again, they'd be secured... Um, how long inside it would take, the, didn't it? Yeah, well, they'd probably be secured to the inside of the cabin again on some kind of gimbal and slid down the gangway, you know, to to, to distribute the food. Like on, like, 2001 Space Odyssey or something. Yes, <laughs> but probably a bit more fixed. Um, and, and again, um, you'd be given... I imagine food would be, have to be something that could be directly um, injected into the map, perhaps prim- yeah. tubes of Primula. Exactly, uh, with like uh, with a mouth tube you know, fitted to you or yeah, something. Right, like, like a poo tube to take out the feces. Uh. Yeah, and I mean, mm, I don't know about that. But, yeah, so um, that that's a bouncing bomb. I think we've gone into quite a lot of detail about yeah. that, actually. Quite proud well, of myself. And um, for me, well, mine's not really so much a king of. It's more of a queen of, actually, oh, oh, of World War okay. II. And it's a subject, as you know, Cheryl, it's very close to my heart. And that was yes. the Raspberry mm. Nuns mm. of World War II. It was a famous order of nuns from Nuneaton that... <laughs> well, it's Nuneaton via um, Dublin, you know. It's yes. kind of a Yes, they came over thing. from Dublin to Nuneaton and they became prostitutes. Yes. Um, Just like that. It was the ultimate sacrifice um, and it was all with the intention of, you know, sort of infiltrating any double agents that were based in Nuneaton. And, um, yeah, so and I've been making a documentary about it with my friend Dil Kimmery. Yeah, am I allowed to do a little a little spoiler from from the documentary? Just one oh, little. Yeah, well, we're quick getting thing. there. I mean, it's we've had a few sticking points. You know, finances have been slightly troubling. Yeah, but you can. Well, yeah. Well, they they've been to Milton Bryant, um, and they've also um, Carol has uncovered another element to the to the Enigma machine at Bletchley. Um, really what it was it wasn't just an omo um it was that they attached the, the the machine to a team of nuns um fannies and the 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 gene code from the semen from the from the spies um sex on the nuns would be decoded by the machine and you know that's actually how they cracked the enigma code you know what i mean and it's the it was how they found out about dna as well i've seemed to recall so it's 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 fascinating i mean we're sort of blowing the whole thing wide open Mm. i don't think many people know about it it's something that is classified but though you know the sort of statute of limitations is kind of finishing so um yeah so it's going to be quite revolutionary i think this mm, documentary. it's costing it's the costs are mounting up though aren't they i think there's it's been a, bit, yeah the mm. cost is mounting up i mean like i'm sort of like you know me i like to kind of make sure that i use my expenses wisely yeah. from suck and blow so i like to finance yeah. some arts projects now and again yes yes i uh, like our music and, and such and um you know this one came about and um I sort of thought, well, I heard about the story from Dill 
I sort of believed him, really, you know, implicitly. He's a very truthful man. Well, you do, don't you? He's Irish. You know. But there's been a few a few questions, you know, around the research and, like, verifying some of the facts, and he was starting to demand a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. So I might have to finish it myself, Cheryl. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, you know, it's quite exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot of the money you know that tends to go through 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 these projects through suck and blow but i've noticed not many of them come to fruition so hopefully this one will hopefully it will <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have a premiere well i'd say a premiere but no bloody cinemas open anymore it'll be oh, have to be an online premiere yeah. won't it? now it is time for a drama lady sovereign dilly dally isn't yes, it yes and it's a new book First episode yes, of the new book. All at sea. Dilly, yeah, lady, lady, sovereign, dilly, dally, all at sea. So, um, yeah, I'll basically, um, you you'll get you'll get a recap coming up. But yeah, it's um, George has turned a bit funny, isn't he? And um, he's he's gonna send Dilly away. Um, well, to to have some good sex because his knob's broken. <laughs> basically, that's it. Isn't it? What it boils down to. <laughs> Enjoy. Lady Sovereign Dilly Dally, All at Sea, Chapter 1, Lavender Takes a Liberty. We shall start this nautical tale by joining our titular heroine in the morning after the night before, where she was told by her husband George Willycroft, who was quite transformed into an unrecognisable tyrant due to his todger being reattached crooked. She was no longer able to be satisfied by him and therefore is to be sent away in a quest for sexual fulfilment. Bollock the coachman was packing up the carriage to take Dilly to the port. That's the last of the trunk, Sir Willie Croft. Lady Dilly's inside nicely with her lady's maid. Very good, Bollock. Uh, now see that you take the ladies safely down to Dover, won't you, my good man? Hey, sir, we got thy blunderbusses now, and I have fettered them goodly with all the lasers so we can fend off any marauding highwaymen like Deck Throbin. Inside the carriage, Dilly sat with her aforementioned lady's maid, Twitty. They held hands and delicately chewed sugared almonds, which George had included in a delicate bonbonniere each. He'd applied several drops of chloroform to the delicate lace wrapping, which had rendered them slightly roofied. Oi, Miss Dilly, they're sweets, they're bloomin' lovely, aren't they? What did you say they was called again? Dilly answered wearily and somewhat zombie-esque. Giddy Jenny's Twitty, dear. Draggies or confetti on the continent. Oh, said Twitty, stuffing fistfuls into her mouth and chewing hungrily and rather sloppily. Oh, lovely. With a whip, the carriage lurched forward and by high noon they were making good time towards Dover. Dilly was flicking through the lady's handbook, indicating various fancies she should want Twitty to cook once this was all over. Her speech remained rather slurred. Oh, Shrishy, oh, please, uh, cream or kippers on my pudding when we get home. But suddenly a loud horn blared, and the carriage shuddered to a halt. She saw approaching from starboard, a very elaborately clad and beautiful young boy cantering towards the carriage on a violet white horse. Oh, what is that boy, Trishy? Oh, madam, that's no boy. It's Laura Lavender, the leader of the Fen Fen Buccaneers. The only female high woman in the land, and I hear they also travel the high seas in search of treasure and booty. 
Bollock and his fellow coachman Lowles and Smegson tried to deter the feisty female and her approaching band of vipers, but before they could even fire their laser blunderbusses, they'd been whipped out of their hands. <laughs> I would say stand and deliver, but uh, it's a bit passé, no? Laura and her buccaneers laughed. Dilly and Twitty, now utterly sober with the surprise, gazed out of the carriage window in awe. Why, Twitty, um, she's... she's magnificent! Mom, are you with Joe? You didn't tell me! Whatever do you mean, Twitty girl? Why, madam, there's a great pool running from under your crinoline! Dilly, shocked, realised she was incredibly aroused by Laura Lavender and her band of buccaneers. Laura was wearing a white-fitted military uniform made for her womanly body. She was a cross between Marilyn Monroe and Napoleon Bonaparte. She had long, thick, cascading, pale violet-toned tresses, some of which were swept up into an impressive wig with a black porcelain galleon atop it. The buccaneers wore black leather chaps with braces extending from the waistbands up to their shoulders, just masking their bare breasts at the nipple. Atop their wigs were three cornered hats, and some of them clutched sabres and whips. Oh my god, Twitty! Their bodies are perfection! I do declare they are Amazons! Laura dismounted her horse. Dilly noticed the saddle had a gigantic phallus protruding up for it, which was glistening. Laura glided towards the carriage with a sly smile on her lips as the buccaneers tied Bollock and his men up. She stroked her gloved hand down the glass and cooed. Why, my buccaneers, we have a delicate kitten in here. Well, too, by the look. Twitty lunged to the slide and locking catch across the door, but being made of sugared butterflies, it merely collapsed into powder. <sighs> oh la la, calm down, mon chéri, Laura said. And with that, Laura managed to both cast them out of the carriage and onto the back of her steed with one swift movement. As Dilly was spun around in the air, her face met Laura's for a moment and everything went into slow motion. She felt a familiar yet distinctly new type of pang wash across her sweet pin. Dilly and Twitty were taken through the misty forests and eventually reached a clearing where there was a gigantic pyre in the form of a giant wicker woman with great breasts full of brain goats and shrieking pigs. Around the bottom at its feet, a large group of naked women writhed and ground themselves in a frenzied orgy. bellowed Laura. The ripe sacrifice is here! And at once Dilly realised they were to be burned inside the right titty along with a frail old blind man with white hair who was quite mad and laughing hysterically named Knocking Nobby. No, oh no Laura, I shall do anything, God no! Laura took Dilly roughly by the wig and kissed her hungrily. Oh, Cherie, I forget to ask what is your name. Oh, I am Lady Sovereign Dilly Dally of Willycroft, and this is my faithful handmaiden Twitty. Now you must realise who you are dealing with. Laura threw her head back and laughed deeply, massaging her breasts as she did. <laughs> <laughs> My lady, my sherry, your name does not precede you. The number one head matriarch here is me, and the femme femme buccaneers, pioneered by my old aunt Spinster Sue in the days of yore. But yes, I can tell you're a fine lady, and I've no doubt your reputation among your shire, but down here, I am the bitch of B-Wing. Well, in that case, Laura, what can I do to save myself and my faithful Twitty from becoming your barbecue supper? 
Do you want money, diamonds? Well, I could even offer you my... Dilly blushed and turned her head to one side. Laura pushed Dilly's head back round gently by her chin. Your what? <laughs> well, I think we can come to some arrangement, chérie. As you can see, I'm not short of a bobo to myself. So, come on. Allez, why not show me your bouche to pêche, huh? Suddenly there was a commotion coming from inside the forest. A great bear had chanced upon the scene and was galloping towards the Fem Fem buccaneers. All of the women scrambled, including Laura, as they tried to escape it the randy advances of the bear, leaving Dilly and Twitty to fend for themselves. Oh my god! Buccaneers! Run! Run! Oh, allez, 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 tout le monde! Allez maintenant! Oh god! OMG! No, Miss Dilly, said Twitty, seeing the salivating bear urgently mount a group of screaming buccaneers who'd become entangled, bottoms up in a pile, and were now unable to escape. Seizing their chance, Dilly and Twitty snuck off stealthily into the forest to try and get back to their coach and rescue their coachmen. But did Dilly want to return and face whatever George had in store for her passed over? She turned back and with the same pang across her Gerald's piccolo and thought about how Laura had made her heart race. Suddenly reflected in Dilly's lustful, angst-ridden eyes was a huge explosion as the wicker woman went up in a ball of flames. Dilly screamed Laura's name as Twitty pulled her further into the forest. Laura! Give her up, Miss Dilly! She's not worth it! But we had something special! After an hour or so of making their way through the forest by moonlight, Dilly had composed herself and they finally came back to the carriage and the coachmen asleep still tied up in a bunch. Twitty untied them and they sheepishly apologised and butchered a passing monk jack deer and roasted it to make up for their cowardice in fending off the buccaneers. The next morning they were on their way, all having nearly forgotten the ordeal. But Dilly, who was writing the letter L in the carriage window condensation. Before they arrived in Dover, and as the carriage stopped on the quay, Dilly emerged from the carriage wearing a large hat Twitty had fitted, and was met with the most luxurious ocean liner she'd ever seen. The HMS Come Hardy was at full steam. A telegraph from George was pressed into her hand by a passing newsboy. Dilly, dearest, stop. I love you, stop. This mission is to reignite our marital passion, stop. Be a dear, stop. Think of me, stop. Dilly swooned and clutched the telegram to her chest. Oh, George, I don't know what you've planned for me, but with your love, I'm sure I can endure anything. And with that, the liner sounded its horn and they began to board as a dark storm cloud began to form on the horizon. Oh, oh, I thought he was being a right arsehole, but he's doing it for her. Oh, yeah. Oh, what about those ladies? Oh, my goodness. The Fem Fem Buccaneers. Wow. Oh, well, he... <laughs> Is that when you write these stories, Carol? Like, I'm open. Like, a part of part of the characters are inspired by me. Is there anyone coming up that might be a bit like me in it? Am I like one of the buccaneers? Oh yeah, always, Cheryl. Always, yeah. Anytime there's like a strong female, it's definitely got you in it. Really? Yeah, Laura yeah. Lavender's definitely got shades of uh, Cheryl Skinner. I definitely agree with that. I think she's a bit classier than me. I have to be humble about that. But yeah, well, she's a cross between. <laughs> she's a cross between Marilyn Monroe and Napoleon Bonaparte. That's quite yes. quite a nice image, I thought. It is. I mean, I. <laughs> I'm wondering if is she a hundred percent woman, or is there a bit of both going on there under the britches, or you know? Uh well, I think we'd we'll 
we'll leave that to the imagination. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she's yes. certainly channeling male energies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was quite aroused actually. I think she's, she's very seductive, and she knows. I think she knows what to do with Dilly. But yeah, I mean, I never, I ne- never had Dilly uh, pegged as a mug bruncher. So. Um, you know. Um, so, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed that. And um, I think now, um, before we go, it's um, time that we uh, catch up with um, the latest headlines. So um, here is Carol with the Carbonara Report. The Carbonara Report brought to you by Carbonara Aspect. This is the Carbonara Report. And this week we've got some quite interesting and exciting both scientific and historical news. So, um, first of all, um, the origin of AIDS revealed the first person ever infected with HIV was a starving World War I soldier who caught the virus in Cameroon whilst hunting chimps, an expert claims. Um, disclaimer, we're not... Um, nailing our cogs to the mast on that one but um, yeah that's certainly quite interesting but it's Professor Jacques Pepin, epidemiologist at the Université de Sherbrooke in Canada has been trying to discover the origin for decades. The simonemonio deficiency virus in chimps first crossed over into humans in southeast Cameroon at the start of the 20th century. <sighs> and um, then our other story this week, it's this is quite an exciting one. Um, a metal detectress finds two million pound centrepiece jewel from Henry VIII's lost crown buried under a tree after it had been missing for 400 years. That was Kevin Duckett, aged 49. He made the discovery in a field near Market Harbour. The two-and-a-half-inch jewel is now being verified at the British Museum. Mr Duckett said he first thought the jewel was some crumpled tinfoil. And that's the Carbonara Report. Oh, that's very interesting. You lost me a bit with the AIDS thing. I can't, I glazed over a bit. I was thinking about hot dogs that I'm going to have for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, well, I've got a suspicion. I reckon my mum was patient zero, but that's another story for another day. Um, Henry VIII, he keeps coming back, Carol. He keeps coming back to us, Mm. doesn't he? We've got a connection, definitely. Well, you you you've um, brushed his cob piece, haven't you? You went to um, you went to um, sh- Hampton sh- Court, sh- and you went to Hampton Court, yeah. and you was in a group um where they showed it wasn't it like it was a everyone. special display yeah, of it. cob pieces, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You touched it, didn't you? Did it smell? They were kind of on like a revolving turntable and I sort of, I bent down while they weren't looking. He was sort of mid-flow describing them all and I sort of touched with my nose, Mm. actually. So I got all six of them in the same (laughs) sitting. And, um, yeah, I could say that they smelled a little bit of cranberry and sage. So there you go, with a little bit of cheese. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. We'll see you next time. And uh, keep your questions coming in. We're uh, always waiting. We're all all ears. We're all ears. All right, then. Bye. Hi, gorgeous. It's Carol here. Do you need advice? Have any questions or want to tell us something? Well, maybe you want to promote something. Whatever it is, email us at hello at carolandcheryl.com and check out our Instagram at Kaz and Shez. We've got loads for you on YouTube, such as music videos, cooking and vlogs, and that's youtube.com forward slash carolandcheryl1. We're flirting on Facebook too, facebook.com forward slash carolandcheryl. Itching for our Instagram, that's at kazanshares. And we're always tweeting on Twitter, which is at nightlinecc. You stay tuned or we stay sexy. Carbonara Aspect. 